0: Steve Zaccawani was never fun to stick it up against. wasn't for Zakawani? none is possible.
1: It's Steve, it's Steve. <laughs> it
0: this is so weird.
1: Steve Zaccawani!
0: What's up everyone, Steve Zaccawani here. I'm back, it's been a long time. Thank you for your patience. There's a lot to cover as the Sounders had a really busy week last week playing free games. Um, and it was an experience because they got every single result possible. Beat the New York Red Bulls, drew against Dallas, and then the loss to DC United on Sunday night. I covered all three games right back into the thick of things. So we'll do a recap of, kind of a general recap of where the team is at right now, heading into the final two games of the season. That wild, wild west is looking crazy. You know, I i am of the opinion even though it's not guaranteed, guaranteed until tonight, potentially, the Sounders are in the playoffs. What I'm more concerned with now is the seeding, because obviously, seed two, three, four gets you a home match, and then five, six, seven you're going away from home. So you want to get into the highest seed possible. And I like this new change from MLS; they're actually rewarding the regular season. It means something. It makes sense to me now. But there's a lot to discuss in terms of the Sounders' form. Um, and, you know, I think there is a silver lining actually if you look at the whole league um, when you're speaking of form because nobody is playing good right now and that includes LAFC, I don't think anyone is at their peak, you don't have that team that is just on an absolute tear that like you've had in years past uh, at least from what I can see, from what I'm sitting, so we'll look at that a tiny bit we'll, kind of, we'll talk to play-by-play the play-by-play guy, Keith Costigan, just about the Western Conference because I've Don't remember seeing it this tight heading into the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, And we'll get his thoughts on that. And I do think the schedule favors Seattle because Salt Lake plays the Galaxy. They'll take points off each other. And then next weekend, Portland plays San Jose. They take points off each other. And then Seattle goes up against, at this point, their most direct rival for that number two seed, uh, Minnesota United. Things could change by then, but that's how it looks. And you can take points off them. So if Seattle don't come in second place, they really would only have themselves to blame. And I, 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 I don't foresee that being the case. I foresee Seattle being the lowest three seed. I think Seattle gets the number two seed. But we'll see. All right. Last week, where to begin? The Red Bull game. I'll be honest. I think it seems like an eternity ago because there was so much you know, travel in between and two more games since. But... I think it was 4-2, the score. Seattle scored four goals, but I think a lot of our focus was on, at that time at least, the defense was leaking too many goals. It's very rare to see Seattle conceding two plus goals per game for so many games in any season. And that's been the case in recent weeks where the Sounders aren't conceding just one goal and then winning 3-1, 4-1. It's two goals and you know even at times when the team is winning the Galaxy come to Central and can score three Red Bulls come to Central and can score two Sporting KC came here and scored multiple goals it's a bit of a worrying trend because you want your home to be a fortress especially if you're going to fight for that high seed and get the home match in the playoffs so that's a little bit concerning I would say second half of that game the Red Bulls were the better team they were the better team But I always say, if you can win games when you are not playing well, that is one of the best signs of a good team. You don't want to make it a habit, but if you can win games when you're not firing at your best, you're not firing on all cylinders, it's a pretty good sign, and the Sounders did that against the Red Bulls. Then we go forward from there to the midweek match against FC Dallas. Dallas. Very young FC Dallas team who came here, really, I I think, needing to win more than the Sounders. But they played for the draw, knowing they had some home games coming up. I can understand the approach by um, their coach and their players. Not a great Sounders performance. Not too many highlights to remember from the game. But when you look at the results around the league in that week, that point the Sounders got ended up being a very good point it gave them a little bit more breathing room and some separation between themselves and the teams chasing them, the chasing pack. So all in all, not a great performance, not a game that will ever be written about again, not a game that we'll remember, we're not gonna fire up the YouTube highlights in 10 years to reminisce, but it was a critical, critical point. And most importantly, it was a clean sheet. It was the first clean sheet the team had in nine games. I know, crazy, but that's true but it was needed. It was needed because it restores confidence in Ariaga and Kim, Leydam, Smith, Nuhu when he's in there, Saad when he's in there, Jovin, that whole back line, Stephen Fry, of course, and the players in front of them. You want to know that you can blank teams because I think if you have a guy like Rui Diaz, the form Jordan Morris is in, and of course the, 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 the magician, Nico Ladero you can fancy that you'll be able to find a goal here and there. So if you can play teams to zero, zero, I would fancy Jordan, Nico, Raul, and the rest of the supporting cast to find a goal in the playoffs. That's why clean sheets are very important in general, but especially at this time of the season, and especially when you've been struggling at like the Sounders have been defensively. Good point. And we went to the nation's capital. We arrived in D.C. to close out the week. And it's a game I can only really describe as a strange game in many ways. Because the first 15 minutes was very open. They were going back and forth, tit for tat. I think a lot of what D.C. created, to be completely honest, was given to them by the Sounders. Sloppy play, sloppy passes, giving the ball away to Wayne Rooney, don't do that giving the ball away in dangerous areas. It was the Sounders' own undoing. But they were in the game. And then DC scored. Rodriguez, I believe. 14, 15 minutes into the game. Then the next 30 minutes of that first half, the final 30 minutes of the first half, the Sounders stopped playing. Stopped running. Stopped trying for the ball. Stopped trying to be an option for your teammate on the ball. Lazy passes, lazy giveaway was second to every loose ball, losing every header, losing duels and allowed Wayne Rooney to roll back the clock. I mean, I said on the air, on the broadcast, Wayne Rooney looked like he was playing in the park with his friends. And he was. And that's kind of a compliment to him. But it's also a bit of a damnation on the sound is because playing in the park with your friends, you're strolling. You're in second gear, third gear. And he was cruising around the pitch, spraying passes, left foot, right foot, outside the foot, hitting the crossbar when he wanted to. I mean, it, it was great to watch as a neutral, but very concerning, the lack of energy, knowing that if you win this game, you're in the playoffs. When a team normally has that kind of opportunity in front of them, you don't want to let that go. You grab that with both hands and the Sounders didn't look like playing. Went in at halftime. I'm sure Brian Schmetzer said a few words. They came back out and they began to play. Began to play very well second half. Began to probe, ask a lot more questions. Um, Jovan Jones came on. It was magnificent. Changed the game. Playing from the right-hand side. He was brilliant. Driving at the back line. The best he's played since he's come back. It was vintage Jovan Jones. Like the old Jovan Jones from 2016. He was really good. Chances were there. But then DC scored a second goal. Game, set, match. Never really looked like getting back into the game. Although, Louis Silva had a couple of chances. Maybe if those fall to really Rui Diaz, they go in the back of the net, maybe. We'll talk more about him in a second because he needs to get going again, especially at this point of the season. So that was the week that was. Positive week? Not really, but it kind of is because you look at where we are now and without even playing a game today, you know, this game, as we record this, San Jose plays tonight and depending on their results it could confirm the sounders 11th consecutive playoff i think it's the 11th season yeah consecutive playoff appearance never miss the playoffs and not going to start this year not going to miss it we'll be in the playoffs but it's about seeding and that game against san jose is a massive one and the three things to look out for we will talk about those on the other side of my conversation with keith costigan Stay tuned, lots more to come. This is Winging It with Zach Wally.
1: Nice ball out wide from the Mills on, all the way to the far post. Morris to the line! And Ladero with the Cypress of Pass! But what about that for an acrobatic effort from Jordan Morris, the kicked up play alive? Ladero does <laughs> the rest, and the Sounders have doubled the lead.
0: All right, I'm glad to say I'm joined by Sounders FC play-by-play guy Keith Costigan. Keith, what's going on, man?
1: Nothing much, man. Uh, happy, to, happy to be here with you. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, a couple of things I want to pick your brain on. I just said this, and I could be right or wrong. I said, like, normally at this time of the MLS season, you'd have that one team, whether in the east or the west, who's on fire that everyone's looking at. In the past, when I played, it was always the Galaxy. They'd always heat up around August. Somehow, Bruce Arena would time it to where Landon, David, um, Robbie, they were clicking in August and they'd go on fire and they'd win MLS Cup. The past couple years, it's been the Sounders who go on these crazy runs. I don't think that any team in MLS is actually playing that well right now, including LAFC. Am I right in saying that or what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think LAFC have gone off five games without a win. So, um, you know, there, there is a case in MLS to to be made that you can't peak too early. So the teams you mentioned knew how to get hot at the right time and, and be ready for the playoffs. So, yeah, LAFC are going through a little bit of a tough stretch. Um, even in the East, you look at New York City FC, they're top of the East, but they haven't overwhelmed you when you watch them play or they just seem to be plodding along. Um, Atlanta, yes, they have hit you know some heights over the last couple of months, but it's it always seems to be followed by... Uh, you know, a a performance that isn't up to their levels. So, yeah, again, I think this is probably the most open field we've seen in a long time in MLS. And and that's showcased by how close everything is in the West, despite LAFC being ahead of uh, some of the other teams.
0: Yeah, and this weekend we play, you know, a direct rival, and then the following weekend, another one with Minnesota, kind of this head-to-head fighting for seeding. Um, What do you know about San Jose? What do you make of them? I'm a big fan of their coach. I remember when they came up here and played us early this season, he was doing this man-to-man marking in the midfield, and it was crazy. But he did the same thing with Chivas, and the players there seem to have brought into him. They're playing well. It's a much better San Jose team than it has been in recent times. Um, What can we kind
1: of expect from them this weekend, and what game do you anticipate? Yeah, yeah. I think if you look back to that game against us, I think that was the first game where people started to really take notice of San Jose. Um, and it wasn't just their press that uh, I, I thought was really good. I thought it was their use of the ball when they won it. They were always a threat in behind. Espinosa was really good. I think adding him to the squad was a, was was a, a, a really smart move. But uh, yeah, I think Almeida's got the best set of players that have been there that weren't performing. You know, Jackson Ewell last year started in less than half the games. Now he's in the U.S. squad. Uh, One, those goals have gone up despite him being a year older. Um, For me, Shea Salinas has six goals this season. So the fact that Almeida's come in and made the players that were already there better is a testament to the coach that he is. And I would say that there's not any team that would this season say they're looking forward to playing San Jose, particularly on the road. So I think it's a massive test. Uh, I think they have made the biggest jump this year in terms of improvement and. It's a game I hope the Sounders can get something from, but I wouldn't be as confident as I was going to San Jose 12 months ago. And speaking of the Sounders, now, here's my feeling with, let's talk about
0: Raul for a second. Um, I would be happier if he was getting chances inside the 18-yard box and missing them. Because I think a player of his quality, it's only a matter of time before he starts putting him in the back of the net. But in the last three games that we just had this week, New York, Dallas and um, D.C. away, I don't remember any clear cut chances inside the box for Raul. The kind of chances he normally is used to getting, he's lifeblood. So what have you seen from him recently and what needs to happen to get him going? Because you're going to need him if you're going to make any kind of noise in the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I think Ralph, first of all, is, <clears throat> is a penalty box striker. Uh, when, he gets, when he gets service in there, he's right up there with the best in MLS in terms of his finishing ability. But when he signed, we all talked about he was different to what we had because he was happy to stay high. He didn't have to get as many touches as, you know, Clint Dempsey would drop in deeper. So we felt the mix was really good. But, you know, lately, because he's not getting those touches... We've seen him drop in a little bit deeper and I think that's a a testament probably to his frustration that the crosses aren't coming in, that he's not getting the kind of service that he thrives on. Um, Yeah, I I think Raul is a top-level player but uh, when you're a striker like that, when you're a penalty box striker, you're only as good as the service that you get inside the area and lately um, the Sounders haven't been doing that. So if we're talking about getting Raul more involved, I think we have to talk about how we get the ball out wide quicker how we get those crosses in the space behind the centre-backs a little bit quicker. I think if we do that, I think Raul will, will start to hit form again. I don't think there's necessarily anything he's done that has contributed to his lack of goals over recent games. I think it's more of more the case of the team not creating for Raul in the areas that he really thrives.
0: Agreed. And last thing I'll ask you is this. I think The Sounders are in the playoffs. I mean, barring a crazy ton of events, they're going to be in the playoffs. I think that conversation is over. We're talking now about the seeding. You know, do you want to get one of the two, three, four spots for a home match? All of that. Um, I think the schedule favours the Sounders because Salt Lake play Galaxy, take points off each other. Portland still got to play San Jose, take points off each other. I think Seattle comes in second. I know going to San Jose is tough. Welcoming Alonso and Minnesota and Quintero in a couple of weeks is also tough. I just think we'll just about get it done. How do you see this playing out and who misses out for you? Because it's kind of, I think, 18 for seven spots right now. How do you see this last couple of weeks of the MLS season shaking out?
1: Well, I love I love your optimism. Uh, I, I'm probably a little bit more nervy than you sound right now in yeah. terms of, you know, what position. and And that's because you play away from home this weekend. If things don't go according to plan and results elsewhere, you could find yourself in down in that, you know, fifth or sixth position where you have an away game. I definitely think the Sounders make it. But I think going into that final game against Minnesota, I would rather have that wrapped up and, you know, we're we're figuring out if we're getting second or third place. Um, Some people have said, oh, it doesn't really matter. It really does because you look at the home form versus the away form for most teams. You know, Sounders have 10 wins at home, four away. So you really want to get as many home games as possible in the playoffs. Two home games set you up with the possibility of maybe going to an LAFC in the conference final. And I do think the Sounders would be prepared to do really well in a game like that. Uh, In terms of what team doesn't go... I'm still not sure on Dallas. I know they came and and got a point uh, against us last week. I'm still not quite sure with with some of their younger players who haven't been in this position before, whether they have enough to get over the line. And the other team is Portland. I I don't think they've played as well recently. Uh, Things haven't gone their way. So I think one of those two misses out. I think San Jose have just enough. I think they're going to get a win against Philadelphia Union. So I think they'll get in. So, Push comes to shove, I, I would say FC Dallas is the team that is, uh, is the one that misses out. Keith, always a pleasure, man. I will see you in San Jose this weekend. They out us. So that is what we addressed in the locker room at halftime, at the end of the game. That has to change. These are playoff-type atmospheres and, you know, the, the performance wasn't good enough. So... You know we're not we're not
0: pleased about it. Yeah. Did DC do things that were tough to break down, or was it no, chemistry? No, exercise? no, no. Welcome back. Hope you're still there. It's Steve Zakuani winging it with Zakuani once again. Thank you, Keith Costigan, for joining me. The Sounders travel to San Jose to play this Sunday in a really really big game. Even if by the time that game rolls around, the playoffs are secured, you still are fighting for seeding. LAFC are number one. Number two's up for grabs. Seems like nobody wants it. It's one of the strangest MLS seasons I've seen in a long time. Everybody keeps throwing away the number two, throwing away results, not claiming it when it's there for the taking. Is a soundless form a little bit of a concern for me? A little bit, but is Salt Lake playing as well as they were before? No. Are the Galaxy playing well? No. San Jose? No. Dropping points. Portland's? playing terrible right now. No one is playing well. I think that's the silver lining. The team that's going to rediscover their form the quickest is going to be a scary team to face in the playoffs. And I believe if the Sounders get anywhere near, I was going to say the first five games of the season, but that was really high level, anywhere near some of their best form, maybe not even that high, you're not going to want to face them in the playoffs. Nobody wants to come to CenturyLink Field come to Seattle, face the fans and this, this team in the playoffs. It's not a situation you'd want to face, but the form must be rediscovered. And it would be great to do that beginning this weekend. And therefore, number one, the first thing to look out for is Raul Ruiz Diaz. And look, is he the best striker we've had in the 18-yard box that I've seen his body of work since he's been here will suggest yes I'm biased I'm going to go and say you know I remember playing with a guy called Blaise Kufo who was here for like six minutes but he was unbelievable inside the 18 yard box unbelievable he never missed in training inside the 18 yard box once he pulled his foot back to shoot the ball was in the back of the net but I'll give it to Raul because he's been here longer and he's scoring goals for fun had been scoring goals for fun they've dried up a little bit not to worry not to worry There's a lot of season left, hopefully. And it takes an instant for a striker to turn their form around. But the area of concern is this. He's not getting the chances he was getting before. If Raul Ruiz Diaz was getting chances and missing them, I'd be happier than I am now. He's not even getting chances. His shot on Sunday was from 45 yards when he stung the hands of Bill Hamid. I don't mind him taking that shot, but I want to see Raul taking shots inside the 18-yard box. Raul taking shots inside the penalty box. That's where you want to see this guy. Because he's deadly. Probably the best in the league with Martinez. Zlatan. He's in that bracket in terms of finishing half chances, pouncing on loose balls and taking them. But he's not getting those chances. He missed Nico Lodero on Sunday because he had to drop a lot deeper than he ever would because Nico plays underneath him and it keeps Raul high. He knows the ball is coming from Nico. Without Nico there... It wasn't as fluid. The team didn't really find the styles they wanted. And Raul found himself coming deeper and deeper and deeper as the game went on. This weekend, he must rediscover his form inside the 18-yard box. Needs to get good chances, even if he's missing them. I feel better. Because if Raul's missing chances, it's only a matter of time before they start going in. But as of present, he's not even getting the chances inside the 18-yard box. That's a worry. Number two, the defensive performance. I'm not going to say the back line, because it's not just them, it's the whole team. The defensive performance must get back to making teams earn goals. I mean, you have got to make teams work so hard to score against you. Right now, it seems as if every time a team attacks... Even if they don't score, they're getting a really good chance on this Sounders team. Stefan Fry is working overtime. The center backs are working overtime. You need to get back to that defensive grit, that denying space, preventing crosses coming in. The goal that Aaron Long scored, you know, Brad Smith has to get out quickly to the right midfielder before he crosses that ball. It's small details like that. And of course, it's not just Brad Smith. It's the whole back line. It's been the second half of the season get back to that defensive team. This franchise has been, to be honest, usually very, very good defensively. Of course, there's been spells when it's not as good as others. And of course, I'm not going to gloss over the fact that the best defender in league history retired midway through the season. That's tough to replace. Reminds me of when Ober left midway through preseason. A few years back, that was tough to replace. We understand that. But the team is still good enough to be better than they have been defensively number three win (laughs) just win and winning as a key is not something I would often look at but you're potentially five what's five six games from lifting your second MLS cup are we really going to remember how the team played and listen it's coming from me I'm a guy all about performance I believe in playing well as often as possible because the more often you do that, the more likely you are to pick up points and pick up wins along the way. But I understand there's times you can't hit your best form and you just got to win games. And we're at the business end of the season. Just win. Find a way to win. Yes, I want to see them do it playing the Seattle Sounder style, building out of the back. The left back and right back joining the attack, the wingers tucking inside, combining, playing short passes, given goals. Raul being active, Jordan Morris being on fire like he has been. Yes, I want to see that. But if it's a scrappy game, the passing's not quite there, the possession's not quite there. And it's a 80th minute header by Gustav Svensson from a corner. And you shut out Wendoloski in San Jose. And you pretty much secured that number two seed, hopefully. Who's going to say no to that? Get back to winning by any means necessary. Because at this point of the season, that's what you need to do. Sounders on the road to San Jose this Sunday. It's a big one. And then we'll turn around and welcome home the greatest player in franchise history, not named with Femi Martins when he makes his return for the last game of the regular season Osvaldo Alonso will be here but before then go take care of business down in California I'll be there covering the game on TV if you're not traveling make sure you tune in and watch us thanks as always for joining me thanks again to Keith Costigan for joining me we'll be back next week hopefully recapping a victory and previewing the last game of the regular season as the is face Minnesota. But first, the Seattle Sounders San Jose this Sunday. This is Winging It with Zach Warnie. As always, thanks for joining me.